to the new game bullshit. My name is Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and I'm a published author and collector extraordinaire. My latest book, The Complete NES, was a Kickstarter sensation, is fully funded, and ready to rock and roll. I also have a Patreon book series called The Video Game Culture Chronicles that you could subscribe to at patreon.com slash the subcon3. And we've got guys. Hey, hey. I'm big into uh, No Death Runs, High Score Runs, uh collector of all things vintage and retro, uh, pretty much anything video game related. also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. And it's homework time. The haunted homework. <laughs> I should explain to the uh, listeners, in case we get some new people that listen, what exactly the homework is. Yes. Well, essentially, what we're doing is we're playing homework, uh, and we will typically announce it uh, prior, like either on social media or something, and it allows everybody to play, and we focus, anybody who's on it, so today's me and Kyle, and we're focusing on one game that we play, and we destroy it. We don't just play for 15 minutes and then we talk about it on the podcast like some other you know podcasts do uh we play it thoroughly try to master it as much as possible if it's beatable we try to beat it uh sometimes we do sometimes we don't i mean we've had some some definitely some adventures in the past that's right but today we are covering the nintendo homebrew game called haunted halloween 85 Yes, sir. Hell yeah. Yep. It's by Cash In Culture Games. Uh, there are the publisher, and the game is an action platformer. Uh, what does it remind you of, Kyle, the style of game? I keep hearing it from other people. Um, Splatterhouse, uh, Wampaku Graffiti. Which we've done. The one for Famicom. Yeah, we've done that as an episode. As I think it was on a a bonus episode or a side quest. Because it's got that cartoonish feel to it. Um, it's like cartoonish horror. Yeah, it's like, it's a little bit like River City Ransom style, but way more simplistic, which is actually nice. Yeah, the main character really looks like Alex or Kunio Kun. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone says that too. Yeah, so it's like Kunio Kun and a splatterhouse... Uh, type environment yeah it's like a, a whole horror aspect and the game is completely linear there's no like branching paths or anything like that like like in a river city ransom it's more so like a castlevania style linear gameplay yeah like the very first castlevania you just go level to level to level exactly yeah yeah which i actually just beat 
like 20 minutes ago. Nice. Yeah, practicing getting better and better. Trying to get like no death run style. But anyway, not to get too off track. And what's interesting about the game is like as you play, the, the controls spot on, simplistic. There's a few extra moves you can do by pressing directions like holding. Was it up in the attack? Does uppercut? Uh, down, down, in down in attack. There we go. And if you yeah. jump in the air and tap the attack button twice, the second hit is like a more powerful hit, which is pretty cool. Yeah. It's like a roundhouse punch, kind of like. Exactly. Instead of just a single punch. And uh, what I noticed too, um, if you're moving forward and, and you punch, it's, it's, it pushes the guy back when you punch him. Yeah. So that I, I kept using that to my advantage. And I think it's a little stronger too than just a standing still punch. So just like a moving punch in itself is like an awesome and easy little, you know, uh, strategy. Mm-hmm. Especially for the zombies. The, the zombie wasteoid guys. Yeah, especially when they start to, like, you get multiple of them, you can knock one back, and then they're kind of overlapping, then you throw an uppercut, and it takes out both. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty satisfying Yeah, with the uppercut. And that's actually a really good aspect, is that this game has no timer, there's no rush, and nope. as you learn it, it becomes second nature. You learn, like, the game very quickly. Like, you will... You will master it very fast. Um, it becomes really fun, and slowly throughout the game, they introduce new enemies at like a, a very good pace to the point where now you learn a new pattern. Which is uh, like you know Castlevania. The guys keep getting tougher and tougher as you go, and they keep the old guys too. So it's it keeps it's like a snowball, and and it uh, once you've mastered you know the uh, first bad guys then the later bad guys compound, and by the end of the game, you've mastered the whole thing. That's what's great about it, and the most satisfying thing about platformers, mm-hmm. which which Jeff and I have been talking about on, on you know, through the messages. But, uh, yeah, it's just like you play it the first time, and it's, it's uh, kind of tough, and you die at certain places, but you learn, you know, and as you go, and you retain that, and then eventually it's just like, you know, walking in your sleep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a perfect example of that actually is that we've kind of had to wait a few extra weeks to record this episode, and we both mastered it like weeks ago, and I picked it up yesterday just to get a fresh feel, and there were spots I remember dying multiple times, and I got like all the way to the final level basically with um, minimal deaths, maybe one or two, and mm-hmm. it was ridiculous. Like it, It's to the point where... This game is very doable from a no death run perspective. Like, mm-hmm. like I mean, it's and it's fun. That's the thing. Like, you don't want to put it down. Like, it's it's very like once you get used to it, it's very approachable, very palatable from a gameplay perspective. And then, of course, it hits that horror niche that we both love. Yeah, and I, I would say it's extremely uh, possible to do a no death on just like normal. Mm-hmm. That's like not that hard at all, really. Once you've mastered the game, doing one on very hard takes some skill. It's definitely not possible, but just on normal, I, that's like, yeah, you could probably do that right now if you wanted. I'm sure I probably could, if as long as I don't make any stupid mistakes. That's the the thing about it, like a no death run. Oh yeah. As humans, when you play it, you might not notice. You know, you just walk off the side of the ledge. Well, then you got to start the fucking game over. Mm-hmm. 
that's the only difference. Like, just those stupid little mistakes. But, I mean, as far as dying and getting hit and, you know, schooling the enemies, yeah, once you know... Each of the guys, each of the enemies has a certain, like, pattern that, or a certain way that is best to take them out, or multiple, you know, ways, so... Mm -hmm. Once you, you, like, learn those, like, the uh, crows, they, like, drop on you, so... Oh, yeah. You could just step aside and then just punch them. Well, and the the classic was, is when I initially was playing versus the crows, like, I would kind of, like, dive, jump next to them, then jump in the air as they're going up and punch them. And as you realize later, when it becomes a little more platform heavy and there's pits below you, if you do that, you get some unneeded deaths. So then you realize if you do what you were just saying, you just basically sidestep a little bit. They dive down. You just punch at the right time and you kill them every time. One hit. Yeah. And if you want to be, you know, fancy schmancy, you can do like an uppercut when they're coming down. But you have to time it right. You have to time it perfectly. Um, It's pretty cool, though, That's that they actually have that that you can, like, play around like that in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it really took me back to, like, the old Double Dragon, River City. And when when we were playing it at the convention, like, everyone who walked in that room was like, what is that? You know, like, mm-hmm. it, it was even funny. <laughs> this one dude was like, I remember that game. <laughs> I bet he did. Yeah. <laughs> Have another beer, buddy. Have another beer. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does remind you of, like, other stuff. Well, that's the thing. And that's that's a perfect homebrew game is it actually brings you back to your childhood without even existing back then that's that's perfect yeah (laughs) right because he was probably just getting back in the games or something so it's like everything's kind of vague still you know but he's getting into it you know because a lot of people are are still new to the hobby which is which is what's pissing off the older people because the the prices are going up on everything (laughs) yeah the the one aspect about the sprite for um for the character too is that I don't know if you've seen these, but the the Perler Bead Mega Man sprite art where they make all the different characters like they can make like a Kyle Gilbert Perler Mega Man Perler. So you take Mega Man and then you change it, give him red hair and a beard, and it looked just like Mega Man with you. That's kind of what he looks like. So he almost has like a Mega Man ish River City Ransom style feel. Which is great. You also don't duck in the game, because when you press down, you do the uh, uppercut when you press the attack button while mm-hmm. holding down. But you don't duck, so that's also like Mega Man. You don't duck in Mega Man. Yeah. That's true. That's the other thing. Yeah. I don't think you duck exactly. in River City Ransom either. No. No, it's when you press down, you like move on the plane. Oh, yeah, it's like a pseudo-3D style. With- Which, this game is like a straight up. But there are parts, though, like the bird boss, it gets like that. <laughs> where you can move up and down. There's like a... It's weird. You can like jump up to like a top part of the... Really? Yeah. It, there's like a little chair, and if you jump in the chair and, and walk off, you're like on like a different plane on that bird boss. But the thing with the bosses, each of them has a way that you can beat them, and eventually you find out like what the best way is. There's there's definitely a strategy to it. Yeah, and um, as far as, like, spoilers, I don't know how far we want to go into, like, the types of levels or how to beat the bosses or anything like that. We might as well dig into it because, I mean, basically people that are going to listen to this episode, either number one have played the game and have beaten it and mastered it, or number two are super interested in it and are going to want to go buy it and probably won't remember every detail anyways. (laughs) Like, so I say we just 
dig deep, man. All right, cool. One thing that we didn't talk about when you were going through it is we were talking about the difficulties. Uh, the difference in the difficulty is is just that as you increase it from beginner to medium to hard to ex- to super hard or whatever it's, the difficulties are, it just yeah. it limits how many hits you get. So you get five hits in easy, and in the hardest setting you get two hits. Yeah. So essentially, if you're trying to no death run it on super hard, it's you have to do it with barely getting any hits. Even if you get the power ups, you don't go up to five hits. You stay at two. Yeah, and um, you you wear blue if you play normal or hard, and you wear um, red if you're playing on um, extra hard. And you play and you wear pink, uh, battle kid style. Hell yeah, classic pink. When you play on on the easy, but basically, yeah, he's a. Uh, Donnie Johnstown and Donnie, and he comes from. Uh, I guess he came from Johnstown and he moved to Possum Hollow, and then he met this chick named Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's sister, yes, Tammy. <laughs> oh, Tammy, <laughs> that's great. And then, uh, so then the town is all haunted, and this is like his story about how he saved the town, and he's trying to take uh, Tammy out to, to the dance and shit. And, and what's great is Kyle knows all this because. The game has a story as you play. Yes, it does. It's pretty text-heavy, but they do have pictures in there as well thrown throughout. But there's a lot of text that kind of reveals like his thoughts as you play through. After, in between, every level, too. And it's cool. It's fun to read. Absolutely. Yeah, and it brings you into the story. And the environments are all are pretty much your classic horror. Well, the the very first one mm-hmm. is um, the high school. So you, uh, Donnie starts in high school. He he's, yeah, he slept in because he was up all night playing. Of course, the NES. Yeah, of course. Yes. So uh, <laughs> he he got to school and then he found out that everything was like wasted. So that's where the whole thing starts. But a lot of people were like, River City Ransom because the school, you know. Oh, of course. And yeah. you got you got to think that, that the developer did that by design. Just like every little spot that they could hit to hit some classic nostalgia would be beneficial for the game. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't even know if they thought about it in that much depth like we do. But, I mean, it definitely works. And why this – it catapults – Haunted Halloween ahead of all the other slew of homebrew that feel like they were made in somebody's basement. Yeah, because it takes you through environments, because then once you leave the school, then the sun's actually setting at this point. Yes. It shows it, and it's beautiful graphics. It it looks gorgeous. And uh, now you're starting to go into, like, the Dark Forest, which is, you know, even Splatterhouse has that forest level. Ghosts and goblins. You gotta have like your dark forest. Or monster party. Like Yeah, and as you progress through the level, the sun keeps going down mm-hmm. until it's night. Now I thought that was awesome. Just that. It's like genius how they progressed it, because they go like every level isn't just like one giant level, it's split into multiple sections. Yeah. So as you go to new sections, it kind of the level unfolds as you play, which is like super genius from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, because once you um, once you're in the the forest far enough, you climb up this part and you find all these uh, tree houses. Yeah, oh yeah, clubhouse. The NES clubhouse, the twenty six hundred clubhouse, the Commodore sixty four. So you're platforming through these parts, and I think the ghosts come, and the ghosts are really like 
the pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. In in this game, I'd say like they're they're the guys that make or break you. You're probably gonna die the most from the ghosts. Uh, you gotta hit them three times. But the thing is, they can go through any object. So they're basically like in Dig Dug, the one guy that can walk through everything. Yeah. So you, it's like, oh fuck, here we go, and they spawn from anywhere. They can spawn behind you, in front of you, and and they're like a enemy where you don't want to just attack them head on. You actually, once they spawn, you want to backtrack a little so that way they get on your plane because they'll start like above or below you, and if you just go right at them, they'll come at you at an angle where you can't attack them. So, but if you go back a little bit, they come up to your plane, then you can attack them. Yeah, and sometimes if you're in the right angle, you can pull off the uppercut. Yep, do the classic uppercut when they're coming down from like above or something, just like with the birds. Mm-hmm. I was reading like the manual that came with it, so yeah, it's awesome. It came with the box manual, but uh, yeah, it said like the ghosts come from like the, sh- the dark places, like the little shadows. Nice. So then I then I started noticing when I was playing, like yeah, they if there's like a dark place, they like pop out from it sometimes. There's uh. The boss at the end of that level, the boss at the end of the first level is like a, what was it, like a sorting, like a, like a library um, card sorter thing. I don't even know what you call those things. Yeah, it was like a like a card holder, like a <laughs> like a filing cabinet, and, yeah. and basically had an eyeball. Possessed. It kind of reminded me of like, like they wanted to hit like Ghostbusters, like when they, you see Slimer for the first time, like you're in the library. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Because that's definitely where you are, and, and at the end, you so the first level, you, like, go through the gym, um, you're walking through the halls, obviously, there's mostly zombies and some ghosts, and that's about it for that level. Yeah, that little boss, though, is pretty funny, because you have a ghost that pops up every iteration, yeah. and then you have, um, you have to watch out for the, there's, like, a projectile that goes from one side to the other. And a little drawer pops out, so once yeah. the drawer pops out, just punch the shit out of it, stand there, wait for the little uh, ghost and the projectile, just jump on top. What I would do, I would just jump on top of the cabinet, dodge it a little bit, just go back down and punch the shit out of it again. Mm-hmm. And then that drawer pops out, and he's pretty much done. Especially if you use upper uppercuts. Yeah, I mean, the uppercut's really the key, and the... Like, with the Sasquatch at the end of level two, once you're done with the treehouse area, you're, you're going to go um, into some more woods, and then you hit a part where the Sasquatch comes. He jumps over you, or you run you run under him when he jumps, and you just uppercut him in the back a few times, and he dies. Yeah, and we'll, like, what I would do is just stand on, the like, the middle trunk and just keep punching, and he just jumps into it every time. Really? Yeah. Or you can do an uppercut if you want. So yours is you, you actually stand on a little middle trunk, what I do is I just wait for him to come near you. When he jumps, I just walk under him, turn around, and uppercut a couple. You can you can get in like two sometimes, and it, you can do that in like basically ten seconds. That's awesome. There's, there's a few ways to beat him. See, yeah. see, that's the part about Haunted Halloween is that there's strategy mm-hmm. involved where you can you know go against bosses in different ways. You can approach levels in different ways. There's glitches that you can fall through spots that were like left in purposely. Like, you can fall through and hit, like, platforms that are at the top of the level that it doesn't seem like you can get to, and you can get to them through glitches and stuff. Yeah, that's another weird thing about the game that the, the programmers were saying. You have to try to just mess around with it, just like the old games, you know? Which, I mean, we always had fun with, trying to make the game do something it's not supposed to. And someone just found, like, a Super Mario, like, infinite life trick, I don't know, like, last month or something. Oh, yeah. 
They're still finding them. It's hilarious. Yeah, so once you beat the forest, then then it's classic because you go to the mall, and that was like Dawn of the Dead, you know? Yeah. With the zombie wasteoids. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was cool, too, because you go to like a projector section where you go into the, into the movie theater, and you walk behind the screen to see your eyeballs. Yeah, I can't help thinking of like Duke Nukem 3D. They had that movie theater. Mm-hmm. And it's like just stuff that's real life. You know, it's not, you're not just platforming like la di da. There's like real places that you're going. I think that's really, you know, the the thing that puts it over the, the edge, like makes it like the benchmark platformer so far for for homebrews. Did, did you notice the one screen is the FBI warning from the arcades? That's hilarious. <laughs> like the FBI winners don't use drugs. Yep, yep, it's classic. You gotta have that, right? It's like yeah. amazing. And then when you get done with that, there's movie posters, and they're actually eight bit renditions, and they're tiny. But you, I could tell one of them's Nightmare on Elm Street Part Two, hundred percent. One of them's Goonies. Yep, one of them's Goonies. I think there's like a Terminator or a some kind of Schwarzenegger movie. Maybe Commando or something. Yeah, like Commando. So, yeah, that's what it is. But it was, like, super cool that, like, they they actually did, like, pseudo-movie posters that kind of look like them. And if, you, if you're like us and are, you know, horror freaks, like, we could tell that certain ones were, like, Nightmare 2, which is obscure. And that's the beauty of it. It's, like, catering to our, you know, sensibilities. <laughs> it's, like, that's what we're into. There's a little concession stand. And there's two pieces of candy corn there to fill up your life. <laughs> You get the candy corn and it, it like replenishes your your life. When you're playing on normal, he's like tan, and then he slowly gets more like green and turns into a zombie eventually. That's the one limitation of playing it on very hard is that you don't get to see that progression of him like kind of turning into a zombie. Yeah, he's already there. He just needs like two more hits to die. Yeah, so you're almost playing as like a little lurch the whole time, whereas. Like, when you play in, like, very easy or normal, like, you see him and he kind of slowly, like, melts away into goop. Right. <laughs> it's freaking cool, though.
the mall's pretty much uh, mostly zombies and ghosts. Yep. I do have to mention with the the forest level was a lot of crows. There's a ton of crows in that level. And the first time you see the jumping pumpkins in the second level. There's one short section in level two where there's some jumping pumpkins. With level three, with the mall, once you get to the uh, the end of the mall... Get to the pet store. Then, that's probably, to me, the hardest boss in the game. And and that's where things are, like, ironic, because that's the first... The level three boss is the first spot that I got to that I got a game over when I first played the game. Um, and that's the birds boss. And mostly that same same with me. Uh, JD. JD from the Retro Raiders back in Mishawaka, Indiana. Yeah, JD still couldn't figure it out. He's like, I still can't get past third level. And I think he's had it for since it came out. He had like yeah. a special edition. When I played it yesterday to you know prep for today's episode, like I beat the guys without even getting hit. The birds. Like that's how quickly you learn. Once you learn the patterns, man, it is second nature at that point. And there's a spot you can stand, which is what do you say, like two character pixels to the left of the very right side of the screen. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And just, just you know, just you still gotta have your wits about you. Yeah, you just turn left or right depending on if the birds are to your right, but they typically won't attack you from the left. You can just attack them. When you're playing on very hard, you can only get hit twice, and there's a ton of birds you have to hit. Yeah. So you can't fuck up like at all, really. That's the thing. That's the the key is is like kind of figuring out where to go for the sweet spots is integral to not to being able to play it on very hard. If you don't know that shit, very hard is going to be impossible. I would say the three hardest bosses I've ever fought in a game right now would be um, number three would be that bird boss on on very hard. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say second would be the Grim Reaper in the first Castlevania, and the third one and uh, the very first hardest would be Jackio in Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, I would say those are the three that are just like ball bustingly just just ridiculous. You know, you know that's what's funny is that like most people like would say, oh, well, you guys aren't talking about, what about the Dark Souls games and all the newer stuff? But the irony is, is most of those are kind of like, they hold your hand or even, even Dark Souls. Dark Souls is brutal, mind you. But once you, the, their patterns are much easier and they require less arcade style endurance. That's, that's the thing that like Jakio and, the Reaper and these birds, they require a little bit more lengthy concentration than fighting like a, a Dark Souls boss. And I know, Kyle, you haven't really played Demon Souls or Dark Souls, but I've played enough to where, like, once you figure it out, like, you can basically, you know, destroy those bosses very quickly in Dark Souls until you get, like, near the end, there's some fucking brutal bosses, and I haven't gotten to those. But. What we're talking about is classic nostalgia boss battles as well, like Nintendo style. Is it like a 3D type game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because with like Ocarina of Time is a good example because those bosses were never hard because they it's just like once you figured out, oh, I just got to get behind them mm-hmm. and then do this little thing, then it was like, oh, cool. It's not like there's, you know, three or four scythes randomly appearing above your head that are all gunning for you at the same time while you have to fight this other dude 
And then even though uh-huh. you you take all those sites out, the being the the Reaper in Castlevania, then they appear again in another place, depending on where you are on the screen. It never stops. So it's like there's actually a video of someone on YouTube. He just has the whip and he's doing it for like a few minutes, and he 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 actually just never gets hit by the sites because there's a way to do it. That's just insane because you can only get hit four times before you're dead at the very last levels of that game. So yeah, it's like that's a man's game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's what we call a Nintendo hard boss fight, like classic. Yeah. Like when people think classic Nintendo hard is a, that's like the the key like quote or whatever Nintendo hard. When you think that those are the type of boss battles, and that bird boss battle from Haunted Halloween '85 like falls right into that category. Yeah, and with the whole Reaper, real quick, like people forget there's that whole hall before with all the knights and the, the Medusa heads. Oh yeah, it's an endurance beforehand. Yeah, so that's what's crazy. But um, once you beat the birds, then you go to the cornfields, and that's where the pumpkins go wild. The little jumpkins, <laughs> I call them. Yeah, because now you have the pumpkins combined with birds. Yeah. Yeah, because the, the first time the first time you go against the pumpkins, like there's like maybe six in level like two. So they just like kind of let you see, hey, when you jump, they jump, and you got to kind of time it so you can get past them. Now you got to do it with extra enemies. So they're actually adding a layer of complexity once you get to level four. Yeah, because when you jump, they jump. So what I would do, I would jump once, and then I would tap the jump button. Mm-hmm. And it, would, it works every time. You have to just jump normally and then lightly tap the jump button, and that's when you go over the pumpkin. Yeah, and if you want to be crazy, you can actually time it to where you can go under the pumpkin. <laughs> oh, I never tried <laughs> and that. It's doable, but it's just like when you uppercut, so it looks cool, but you may take a hit. So it's a risk versus reward. Yeah, I never tried that. Then you're, um, it's cool because you're in the, going through the cornfield, so then you like go into a barn, like an old barn. And, and this is like in the cornfields too. This is the first time that you can manipulate the birds. Not really the first time, but the first like major time that you can manipulate the birds to start glitching things. Because if you don't kill the birds and lead them to you, it'll glitch out the pumpkins to where some won't even jump. That's hilarious. Hell yeah. Because basically the, the Nintendo can only draw so many sprites at a time. Mm-hmm. So when you have like two or three birds following you, you already have three, you essentially have three sprites on the screen. So you can't, so like certain power-ups won't even show up or <laughs> like do, doing the same thing with zombies too. And you have a bunch of zombies following you. And then there's like 10 zombies and nothing's showing up <laughs> and the game never breaks. And, uh, in that same, same level, you, there's like the corn silo part yep. where you have to go up and then down that's probably one of the hardest parts in the game because it goes... Basically, you have to uppercut... You have to do the uppercut trick, yeah. Yeah, because they're coming from above. And, of, and of course, there is the um, the secret in the silo. The infinite life? Yeah, there's an infinite lives trick in the silo. Essentially, when you go from screen to screen, uh, power-ups reappear. And in the silo, you... When you get to the top left corner, all you got to do is you kill the three ghosts, go up there, grab it, fall down, and you go right to a platform and can jump right back up and just keep on doing that infinitely. And it's really little quick way to get you some some lives and help helps out if you're playing especially in very hard. Yeah, because uh, you can just practice too. If you want to rack up a bunch of lives, 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, like the the first time I did my major playthrough on Very Hard, I, I didn't even actually. I, after I did my playthrough on Very Hard, that's when I asked you, I was like, "All right, where's the Infinite Life Shirt at?" I couldn't figure it out because <laughs> you knew about it and I didn't. And then after that, uh, when I did my playthrough yesterday, I did it and it was pretty fun. Yeah, because on the screen below the extra life, there's a little candy bar. Mm-hmm. You just drop right there and recharge your life, then jump up, do the uppercut twice, and I mean. Yeah, I never even needed to do the candy bar because basically if you um, attack to the left, I think it is, and then do an uppercut, you can kill all three ghosts without taking any damage. And then when you fall down, you fall down and you just press to the right, you can hit the, or the left, depending on which side of the platform you fall down on, you can just hit that platform and just jump right back up without the other ghost touching you. It's pretty easy to do if you want to rack up lives and just master the game on like very hard or something yeah i just played it all the way through on each difficulty so i kind of just mastered it as i went exactly and actually from a you know beginner's perspective you're gonna want to play on normal or easy the first time through just so you can learn all the patterns and learn all the levels because you don't want to try to start memorizing like a game in very hard where you get two hits like, you need a little bit of a buffer so you can learn it. And then after you learn it, go through the game, then you go back and just keep on increasing the difficulty. And the, the game's short enough to where it's never a big deal. Like, you could do multiple playthroughs in, like, an evening if you wanted to. Yeah. The extra difficulty makes the replay value, of course. So once you get to the end, that's another really hard boss of the uh, the cornfield level because then you fight the twin scarecrows. <laughs> yeah, dude, those guys... That was the, so the first one was the birds. The next time I got game over in my first play, like my first playthroughs was these fucking scarecrows. Like they, they actually, this was, this was my first stopping point for the first night. Cause I was fucking pissed off. And what has to be said here is like, so there's this other, there's this crow that like always responds. Yeah. It always responds and drops down no matter how many times you kill it. It's always going to attack you. So, there's another enemy during that fight. Yeah, so so basically you have <laughs> these two scarecrows, and they like stop, and then they start spinning, and they fly back and forth like Sonic the Hedgehog speed um, at the bottom of the screen. And while they're doing that, a bird keeps on coming by, and as soon as the bird, it like goes by real slow, and as soon as it gets over you, it dive bombs on you. That's what the birds do. They dive bomb. So it does that while you're trying to hit the scarecrows. Yeah. It's, it's a pain in the ass and until you pay attention to the pattern for a while and realize that the birds drop candy corn, which is life. So yeah. you can just spam them for life, and then when you see an opening, go hit the scarecrow real quick. That's why I recommend it. Just take each scarecrow out one at a time. Just work on it because mm-hmm. the more you work on that one, he'll be dead sooner. So Then you only have one to deal with. So yesterday when I played again, I... um did mine and I didn't get hit again on the scarecrows. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And basically I went to the right of the scarecrows and I did an uppercut and it like paused him. So he didn't start moving. And then when they started moving again, um, they both kept stopping on the right side, both of them. Yeah. You can like switch them around and get them to one, one side. I have done that before too. Yeah. And I did uppercuts. So I actually like, because I did that, I was hitting both at the same time with the uppercuts I didn't get hit, and they, like, both died within, like, three or four, like, back and forths. Like, it was so fast, and it was, like, just, like, knowing 
a little bit of the pattern goes like a long way in this game. You can manipulate certain things. It's crazy. The platforming, that's that level, I want to know, that's when the platforming started to get, like, relevant. Yeah, then there was a lot of moving platforms, wasn't there, in this one? This is when the moving platforms started. Yeah, the thing is, if you get all the um, the platforms, they give you a lot of, like, treats, extra lives. Oh, yeah. While you're doing the platforms, you, you get plagued by the uh, the birds. It's always the birds are, like, classic in every, like, platforming game. You gotta love it. Or bats, you know? Yeah, and these birds aren't as bad as the ones from Ninja Gaiden. Because they don't come at you like in a diagonal. They just come slowly at you and then dive bomb. But the problem is, is when you're on a, a platform moving left and right and you're trying to you know, jump from platform to platform and then there's this bird that's creeping up on you, you want to kill it. And you got to make sure you time it so you don't fall off the platform. Yeah, they're more of a pain than the Castlevania birds, but they're, but they're less of a pain than the Gaiden birds, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're a little happy medium. Yeah. <laughs> happy medium birds. So in the next level, so once you beat the uh, scarecrows, then then you go like to, like to the neighborhood. Like now you're going home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when those like wolf guys. There's like they're really fast, like ghost wolves. That's when they start like flying at you. So those are like yeah, because and and the thing that's cool about the ghost wolves is they sound like a little like motorcycle or something like burr, 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 and they come at you. And if you time it right with an uppercut, you can uppercut them in the face and kill them. And I, I didn't know that until I fought the boss for the first time, because I I always avoided them in the level. Right, yeah, see, that boss, like, that boss and the Grim Reaper taught me, like, I have, like, no patience in life. <laughs> and, like, that's my downfall. Because, like, certain bosses, you just have to trim away at them, and you can't, like... You know, oh, I'm going to try to get more than I can get. You know, I'm going to try to get as many hits as I can right now. Some games, though, like, which we have played before, I can't remember, even like probably Ninja Crusaders or something. There's uh-huh. certain games where you, where you can just attack as much as oh, possible. Oh, Shell the Ninja, I think, was the classic. Like, Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. That game's really easy. You just Two-player spam Ninja everything. Just spam the fuck out of everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of not rewarding, though, because it's like, that was it, you know? Like, I don't even have to really... Even Shatterhand kind of was, if you got to the boss with a lot of power, you could just go nuts on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Batman even's kind of like that. But uh, this game with the uh, the wolf, you may really have to take your time. But uh, So yeah, you go through, I think there's a little uh, sewer part too, so you're going mm-hmm, through the yep. neighborhood. Sewer part's got all these ghosts though, man, that was crazy. Yeah, the ghosts are turn into a pain in the ass because they, <laughs> yeah. they, start, they start doing like four and five at the same fucking time. Yeah, and they used to take, like, three hits or something with the normal punch. And if you're trying to do the uppercut, you pause for a second afterwards, so the other ghost is going to get give you a hit. So it's important that you know how to get away and get all the ghosts, like, grouped. Yeah, that's what it is. Then you can hit them all at the same time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, that, then you get to the freaking boss of that level. Yeah, and there was like a Simpsons aspect too, like the candy bars and the sound effects was. I had like a Simpsons feeling about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the space mutants and the Bart vs. the world. Like, there's just even when I was platforming in like the sewers, more than like a Mario, I had like a Simpsons feel. Even even though I was reading that the I think that both actually came into play. They're kind of, but the the maker of the game actually never played the Splatterhouse, which was interesting for fans. Really? Yeah. 
So it's kind of like just some random. He said it's mostly like Mario, you know. Um, there's some space mutants thrown in there. Obviously, River City Ransom. But uh, yeah, so then once you come out the sewer, then you pretty much at the boss, the werewolf. I uh, just jump over him. <laughs> he keeps getting faster and faster. The thing is, he hits a point where he'll stop and he'll howl. Yeah. And then he'll summon like a ghost wolf across the screen. And that's when he's open to get attacked. Patience, Kyle, patience. Yes, you just time it right, lead him into a nice spot each time. After a while, there's like a cadence to it, like the Castlevania 2. There's a cadence to platformers in the way the patterns No, there absolutely is. There's a feel. Yeah. So the irony with, with the werewolf boss is a classic online aspect is that our our guest co-host buddy Daria <laughs> did a video review of this game, and one oh, of yes. the commenters said, well, how was the werewolf boss? She's like, oh, no, it's a Sasquatch, which was, of course, the other level boss level. Was it level two? Yeah. Yeah, the level two boss, so she didn't get to the werewolf, and she said there wasn't a werewolf boss when that person obviously played further in the game. Yeah, the guy's like, that's how I know you haven't gotten that far. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, this little sharpshooter, but it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny, though, because, like, yeah, she didn't play as far as the other people, and that's why I was like, we can go ahead and spoil shit. But it, that was a classic aspect, though, like, Daria has her own story with Haunted Halloween 85. <laughs> um, So I think what we should do, Kyle, uh-huh. is let's pause for a minute, and we actually are going to fast forward, like, do to uh to to next the next episode where we'll finish out the finals with the creators of the game the final level with the Sweet. creators of the game awesome freaking Tim and Greg fucking crazy ass bastards so that way we you know leave you all wanting to hear the finale and then we'll dig into the mythos and the concepts behind the whole fucking game I think that'll be a good fucking idea what do you think Kyle sounds great to me perfect. All right, man. We'll pause the homework here, and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to VGBS. We appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast. We love it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to correspond with us, you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a phone number. It is... 262264BGBS. You can leave us a voicemail, shoot us a text message, um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us, shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!